Hey, this is the Mark Butler Show, episode 42. And I recently had a conversation with a coach, a friend, a colleague, and he's doing great with his coaching. He's giving great value to his clients. They're happy. His business is growing by word of mouth. And I don't want to tell you a lot about him because I feel like I want to protect his his privacy and anonymity, but his coaching business looks a lot like yours. People engage him for a certain number of sessions, a certain number of hours. He delivers a specific result to them. It's a high ROI result in his case where when people engage him, he's able to do work with them that puts anywhere from tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars into their pockets over a three to five year period. So he does great work. He's a little bit newer to the coaching game and he almost fell into it by accident. He started out with products and then he moved into coaching as he saw that some people didn't really want to buy his product. They wanted to have one-on-one help in what they were trying to accomplish. So he started to offer coaching. So recently I was just kind of grilling him about his coaching practice and asking him questions, trying to understand it better. Because of course, where I really wanted to get was that I thought he needed to raise his price. Now, I always laugh when I talk to people because I say, raise your prices is really the cheapest, easiest business advice anyone can ever give. Oh, well, you should raise your prices. I mean, it's just... All of us say that to each other, and then when it comes to our own businesses, we're all paralyzed and terrified of raising our prices. And the fact is, it's not always appropriate to raise your price. You may not feel ready to charge that higher price, so mentally and emotionally, it's a disconnect from from where you are right now. You may not be really delivering enough value yet. I think that raising your price is too early before you've gone through a proper internship phase in your coaching practice. You've done lots of coaching. You have lots of evidence of people saying, yes, this is amazing. I'm getting great results from it. And that's solidifying your own belief, which helps you ask for the higher price. And it becomes this virtuous cycle. If you do that too early, then it can have a negative impact. And so that's why I always say, raise your prices is such cheap business advice. But in the right circumstances, where the coach is delivering amazing value from a place of confidence, the clients are thrilled. There's massive ROI for those clients. That is a case where fixing price, correcting it, raising it, solves lots and lots of other problems. So this this friend of mine that I was talking to, I know that he's a very logical person, and I know that if I were, I knew that if I were just to throw at him the advice of, "Hey, I think you should raise your price," without context and without some explanation, I knew that he would balk because he's a he's a rational, logical thinker, and he'd probably have really good reasons for keeping his prices exactly where they were. So I asked him. How many hours does it take you to fulfill the service that you, that you offer, to fulfill the coaching engagement that you offer? And he said, you know, I don't do a great job of tracking my time, but it ends up being around five hours. And I said, okay, great. Now, does that five hours include the time you spend in sales? He said, oh, you know what? By the time I'm talking to him in the sales process, it's only about a 20-minute conversation. And if they're reaching out to me about, about coaching, they've already seen the price They've already uh, had the chance to trust me through my marketing messaging. So by the time we're talking on the phone, everything's pretty clear. And the coaching sales conversation is mostly just understanding the logistics of the relationship and off we go. And I said, okay, but so you're not counting in the time that you spend on sales. And he said, no, I don't really think of that in, in, as, I, as I think about my coaching. And I said, well, what about the time you spend you know, an administration in the business. He said, well, there's not really much administration in the business. There's not a lot of back and forth with my clients. And I said, okay, all right, that's fine. Now you might be able to see where I'm going with this. Here's what I said to him. 
if I were running a, a web design agency or a software development agency, let's say that my billable hourly rate is 125. Now, I'm about to talk about billing hourly, and, and I don't think billing hourly is great, and I, I don't encourage people to bill hourly, and there's great, there's great ideas online right now about how to avoid hourly billing or translate, transition away from it. But as you think about offering coaching, you do have to have a basic understanding of how much time a coaching engagement costs you and how much money you're receiving for that engagement. So there really is an intrinsic hourly rate, even if you're not billing hourly. So that's why I said to him, if I owned a web design agency or a software development agency and I were billing out time, let's say I'm billing it out at $150 an hour. We'll keep this math simple. I bill my people out at $150 per hour. To the best of my knowledge, it's common industry practice in those industries, software development and web design, that sort of thing, that if I'm billing at $150 an hour, I can really afford to pay somewhere between $40 and $50 per hour to the person who's actually doing the web design or software development work. Because I need about a third of the money to go to the fulfillment of the thing that we've sold, about a third of the money to go to the operation of the company, and about a third of the money to go to sales and marketing. And that's all very rough math, but it drives, point, drives home the idea that if I'm only thinking about the time cost of delivering the service, I'm not acknowledging the time cost of running my company, even if it's a company of one, and I'm also not acknowledging the cost of acquiring a client. See, however you acquire your clients, whether you go to conferences, whether you develop content, podcast, blog, newsletters, whatever it is, or you advertise, whatever you're doing to acquire clients, it does cost you time and energy. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk to him about. I said, okay, so let's talk about the sales process for a minute. You say that it only takes you about 20 minutes to have a sales call. I can tell from your personality, just interacting with you, that you don't necessarily love to get on a sales call. And he said, oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't really love it. And I said, so if you look at your calendar and you see that there is a sales call on your calendar, how do you feel about that day? He said, oh, it, yeah, I, I, that day is sort of ruined in my head. If I have a sales call on my calendar, that day is a little bit ruined. Now, he identifies as an introvert. I understand that feeling as well. I, even after having done probably 500 one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions in the last four years, I still feel some small amount of dread and anxiety every time I'm about to start a phone call. It's the funniest thing. Now, it usually evaporates within about 30 seconds of starting the call because I love the conversations I have with my clients and my prospects. But I still feel that, that, that twinge of dread every time I'm about to have a call. And so I, I wondered if he felt the same way, and he said that he did. So I said, you have to acknowledge that if you feel that dread about a sales call, and if knowing that sales call is coming it kind of ruins your feeling for the day that the sales call will be on. Yes, you can work on that thought and you can kind of coach yourself through the fact that, actually, I love sales calls. You can do all of that. But in the meantime, you have to own the mental and emotional expense of that sales call. So factoring all of these things in, factoring in that if he were an agency, billing out his time and having someone on his team deliver the service, it would be incomplete to only think of the cost of the business as the few hours that it takes to actually deliver the service, which is in his case, the coaching. Then you factor in the mental and emotional expense of delivering the service and selling the service. And then you factor in all the time and energy it takes to market and sell the service. Even if you're marketing and selling the service 
in what feels like a passive way through content that just lives on a website and attracts people to you. You had to create that content and you will eventually have to add to it. So that expense is real. So I said to him, with all of that in mind, don't you think it's logical that if, if you're in your own head, if you're thinking, okay, my service takes me about five hours to deliver and I charge this much for it, doesn't it make sense that you should charge about three times that much if you want to fully capture the cost of delivering the, the cost of delivering the service, the cost of running your company of one and the cost of marketing and sales? Doesn't it make sense that you would need to roughly triple your price in order to make all of that line up? And he said, yeah, I never thought of it that way. And yes, it does make sense. Now, then, of course, we had to talk about the mental, emotional challenge of making the leap from what I'm pricing today to three times what I'm pricing today. And I've been there and it's like an existential crisis for me. Some people do it easily, but I've seen myself and my clients struggle to make that leap into new prices, even when all the evidence points to a new price being appropriate. And so he said, I'm a little freaked out. This is all of us. A hundred percent of us feel this fear. I'm a little bit freaked out that if I triple my price, I'll lose all my deals. I'll lose all my clients. I'll have no money. And I said, exactly. Me too. I feel the same way. So all we can do is increment our prices in a way that steps them up at a rate that we feel pretty okay with. And the more we hear ourselves say those numbers when we're talking to prospects, the more confident we get and the more commonplace those numbers seem to where eventually we have 3 x our prices And those 3x prices feel very mundane. And one of the most amazing things about coaching, for good or for bad, is that in coaching, you can pretty much command whatever price you are willing to say with a straight face. Now, whether you can sustain that price is a function of your actual ability to deliver results. But in the moment of the sales interaction, if you can deliver a price you can state the price with total certainty, that certainty is what gets the prospect to say yes, because you're stating the price as though it were no big deal. And then your prospect is saying in his or her head, well, it's obviously no big deal to him. I guess it's no big deal. Now, some percentage of them will still say no or not be able to afford it or whatever. But at the end of the day, you'll be getting the right price for your services as long as you can actually deliver the value that sustains that price. Because if you do raise your prices too much too early, then you're, go- you're going to have unhappy clients, which will hurt your confidence, hurt your energy, and kind of take you back down to where you were, and then you'll have to climb your way back up. So that's why maybe incrementing your prices at a comfortable rate is the way to go. But from the CFO's perspective... All I can ask you to do is think not just about the amount of time it takes you to deliver a service and build your price around that. I'm asking you to consider how much time, energy, and emotion it takes to deliver the service, how much time, energy, and emotion it takes to market and sell the service, and how much time and energy it takes to administrate, be the administrator in the business. All businesses have some administration to them, and you have to acknowledge that as you pick a price for the work that you do with your clients. One of the worst things that happens here is that people tend to underprice because the work feels so easy. So they say to themselves, they say to me, you know what? 
I charge what I charge, but the reality is what I do just feels so easy and so fun. I would really do it for free. I mean, it's a breeze to do what I do. Awesome. I'm so glad. I feel the same way about my business. Four years in and maybe, I don't know, 400, 500 sessions into my business, it feels very easy to get on the phone with a client, get on the video chat with a client and say, here's what we got coming up. Let's talk about it. How you doing? How you feeling? Yep. I need you to go make this much money. Okay, great. It just feels smooth and fun and easy. But not only that, that has nothing to do with my price because what matters is the value that I'm actually delivering. I've realized that I am my, my client's kind of financial conscience. I, I hold, I carry a lot of my client's financial stress for them. I see things that they don't see. I'm in dozens of businesses, which lets me give them insights into their peers' businesses. That's huge value. Just because it feels easy and fun to me does not mean I should lower my price. It might actually mean I should raise my price. So you have to disconnect that in your head from your price. You have to think hard about how much time, energy, and emotion fulfilling your business actually requires of you. And you have to think about what price would allow you to be really, really excited about the work that you're doing. There is some price at which you'll say to yourself, oh, I, I could do this forever. And that dread I talked about earlier, I still feel it, but it has gone away. I mean, it's almost gone compared to where it used to be because I finally realized every sales conversation and every client call is me earning an amazing living, doing work that I think is value added in the world and is fun for me. So even though I still feel that little bit of kind of introvert existential dread before every call, it's almost gone. And that's in large part because as time has passed, I've gotten better and better about my pricing. And I feel like the value I'm getting for the value I'm giving is aligned. I hope that's useful to you. I hope you're loving your business this week and you're doing work that challenges you and that you enjoy. And I will talk to you next weekend.